house that has been ordained to be his. There's a covering that Walmart doesn't have. There's a covering that Lowe's doesn't have. I've spent a lot of time in Lowe's the past few weeks. There's a covering that the church has, the building. And it is the life-giving touch that the people bring into that building. But we cannot deny the fact that we are blessed to have a place to call the church. Over the past few weeks, we've experienced a lot of things in life that as I look back over my life, I'm seeing how the Lord has allowed me to experience things to be in a position such as Esther, to be in a position for a time such as this. I'm originally from Arkansas. I grew up in Waldo, Arkansas. So I'm at home right now. And as I have reflected over my life and the things that I've been through and the things that I've seen, conversations I've had, the two things that come to mind is grace and truth. Everything that I set out to to do this this week with you guys has been shifted by the narrative of the nation and of the world. Jeremy and I have been blessed to work across the country together doing a lot of things and so it's crazy how the Lord works but months ago we were talking about doing something like this happen couldn't do it weeks ago we were talking about getting together things happen couldn't do it but when Jesus speaks things into motion that's that's the that's the place where we have to sit our timing sometimes can be so focused on what we want but if we get ourselves there we have to keep ourselves there but when God calls us when God says now is the time there is nothing that can keep us from being living moving and doing what he wants to do in that season in that moment in that test in that trial in that tribulation so for me when I look at the racism and the reality of that I have to give truth it's real it has happened to this day it still happens if we don't accept that then we are literally speaking life into it as believers we are called to acknowledge our past but trust that we have a greater future right so I say to you especially as a young man growing up in South Arkansas of course of course of course but of course I have been called seen said and experienced a lot of things but Jesus has allowed me to see the grace because he's shown me grace I have a white son And then I have three biracial sons. I was on the phone this past week talking to a dad who's a white male who has two black sons. And we were having a conversation and he he said to me, he said, Frank, my son just said it's a dangerous time in America to be a black person. And that broke his heart and he didn't know what to do. So he reached out to me and I was like, man, we're living in that same tension. Because in reality, the talk that I get to have with my older white son is different than the talk that I have to have with my biracial sons. Two different talks. Same household. 
So we both started seeing what is the Lord trying to show us in this. And that's when we came to the mindset of cycle breaking. And that's the Facebook group that we've started. To see the reality, to own the truth, but to do whatever we can through conversation to break the cycle. I could have told you, and I actually posted this on social media, the day that the black man was killed, the day that George Floyd was killed, I posted this this cycle that the Lord revealed to me years ago because it's been my my story. People are going to speak up. The right people are going to speak up. Protest is going to happen. Riot's going to happen because now we've got to shift the narrative. So on and so on to the point where the people who need to join us, our white brothers and sisters, will be intimidated or afraid to speak up now because it all looks like chaos. If we don't see the cycles in our life that defeat us, we will never experience the victory. That's the reality that the Lord just kept saying to me. So for my sons, I don't want them walking through the things that I've walked through. So there are cycles in my life I have to break. Which means in this conversation, my pride has to go to the back burner. My hatred has to go to the back burner. My fears have to go to the back burner. I can't step in another church, especially in the state that I grew up in, and not say, racism is real. I've experienced it in my own state, in the walls of the church. I can't say that I haven't said racist things. I can say is my sons will not have the same journey that I had. That's what I can say. So in this group, we started this group 14 days ago. It is up to almost 2,700 people across the nation. And numbers matter because what the Lord is showing us is two ordinary dads. All we're doing is having a conversation. We're not debating. That's what the world wants us to do. And I say this with the the greatest love that I can. If you want to talk to me about how this affects the political system, then we're not ready for the conversation. Because the Jesus that I serve could care less whether you represent the red or the blue. The Jesus that I serve said, you are right. You are the right. You are the left. Have you seen my wingspan? It is I who sit in the middle. It is I who bring hope. It is I who bring peace. It is I who speaks life into all things that is dead. So as a black man, I want to openly say that yes, we enough is enough. We are tired. It hurts. But as a black Christian male, just like everything we have seen, even the message of Jesus, no one is called to walk it alone. So that's why we are saying to other brothers and sisters and all people of color, let's stand together because if we can speak of death to this injustice, think about the injustices of the world that we could speak life into. Everyone knows that when the body comes together as one, walls come down and hell literally trembles. Literally trembles. us together, you got an issue. You get 16 of us, you got an issue. You sprinkle some different colors in there, you got an issue. When you get the church together, you have healing. You have restoration. You have freedom. You have peace. You have life. 
as a father, I now understand more than I ever had before the love of God. I understood it a little bit more when I, when my wife and I adopted our oldest son. He will never look like me, and I had already prepared my heart for the day when he got mad and said, you're not my father, but the Lord has protected us from that. Because the reality is, he will only say to me what I showed to him. Did you, did you hear that? He will only say to me what I show to him. I will be his father. He will validate me. He will love me if I've loved him as a father should love his son. The thing that we have to gravitate to is that our heavenly father is consistent. That's the one thing that I've been processing through. If you think about our flesh, um, I said this earlier today and I really am resonating with this. I may not like you. In fact, the Bible doesn't say I have to like you. But it does say that I have to what? Come on, somebody. And we all understand what that definition means. I can look you in the face and say, in this moment, I do not like the person that you are being. But I have to love you. And loving you means that I will do whatever it takes to love the hell out of you. That's what our father did. Think about that. That's what the Lord did. The Lord sacrificed his life to show us a love greater than what we would ever understand. But God said, I will do whatever it takes because that hell that is going to dwell within you, that hell that's going to call out the enemy in you, the hell that is going to speak lies into you and make you think because of the color of your skin, you are not worthy. Because of the mistakes that you have made, you are not worthy. That same hell that many of us in this moment are trying to process through is the same hell that is keeping us from accepting that black lives do matter. It's the same thing that's keeping us from accepting that all lives do matter. The reason we are so hung up on that phrase is because hurt. If we accept the truth and bring in grace, we will realize that we should value the races and we can also bring racial restoration our nation and to our hearts. We, you can't reconcile something that was never together. So I've, 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 I, I look at it as saying race restoration because you can restore something but if it was never together you can't reconcile it. And I don't believe that the people of color and the white community has really ever been together the way that God would have it. But just like we had the example of our father we had the opportunity to speak life. Why? He's a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by your Savior.
of the Lord that gives us the touch. So in this moment, no matter what you are walking through and what you are processing, I want to lay everything to the side and say this. If you are hurting, we can't speak healing into the race tension until we fix ourselves. If you are drained, you don't have the energy to have a hard conversation. If you're broken, you don't have the energy to speak life into your family member who you know is wrong, but you're hurting. So if anyone in this moment is hurting, I know we can't physically come close, but that's the power of the Holy Spirit. He can touch you wherever you are. But in this moment, if you are in need of prayer for restoration, for healing, of whatever you are walking through before you even get to the outside of your complexion, there's something on the inside that is sucking the life out of you. In Jesus' name, in this moment, I want to speak freedom to that. I want us to be released from the things that the enemy keeps us from being able to walk in. So if that is you, just lift your hands wherever you are. And I want us to just sing this over you. I want us to lift this over you and to allow you to experience the Lord like you never have before. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a dream from the well? Jesus is calling. So what do you do? <laughs> and go oh, come to the Father's Just for love of Jesus Christ. Oh, the precious love. Jesus. Leave your sorrows and regrets. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. But Jesus is calling. Yeah. Oh, come to unto the freedom we find 
ourselves being able to declare and to proclaim that it is because of the blood. I said this earlier, and I really, I really love the understanding of what privilege is. Do you know what privilege is? Sometimes we forget the privilege that we have. Oh, what a privilege we have in Jesus. privilege we have in Jesus so that all our sins, all our hurt, all our hatred, all our pride, we can bring to him for him to bear it so that we can stand. When we have that freedom, when we've been down, when we get that freedom to stand, it leads us to a place where all we want to do is worship and pray. So we do this. We say, oh, what a Savior. We declare it. See, isn't he wonderful? I'll leave you with this. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is calling. He says this. Bring your sorrows and trade them for my joy. From the ashes a new life is born. For Jesus. 